Ah, yeah. This is chilling. What more can I say? Top billing. What's up, everybody? This your boy Bill Bellamy. Welcome to yet another episode of Top Billing, the number one podcast for the culture, the movement, and the discussion. Today, my special guest is not only one of my favorite comedians in the game. He's a legend. He is a pioneer. He is a hustler. He's a hustler, baby, <laughs> and a player, but he does it the best way possible. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome actor, comedian, writer, T to the K Kirkland. <laughs> the love, show the love. Yes, show, show the, the love. love. Show the love. CK, it is man. absolutely a pleasure, yes, man. Sir. Yes, sir. Two Jersey boys in the building. Yes. Um, it's official. We made it. Yes, sir. It's official. Yes, sir. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can say what they want, but we made yes, it. Yes, sir. And still in the game. And we're still in the game. We're still relevant. Yeah. I, I made it. I thought, I knew you made it when they told me I couldn't park. <laughs> and you got out the car. And yeah. You, I was looking through the rearview mirror. And right. you was like this. Nah, nah. He that's good. how I look. Like, yo, we're going to make this happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I strolled. That's I say, yeah, we made it. We made it's it. It's on. It's on. So for those who are listening who may not know, um, I'm born in New Jersey. T.K. Kirkland, born in Jersey City. I'm from Newark, New Jersey. Um, in the 80s, coming into the 90s, the Def Comedy Jam era, uh, there wasn't too many famous comedians coming out of New Jersey. No, no. Not really. No, no really nobody. Re no, we nobody. was the beginning of the beginning. Of the way. Yes. You know what I mean? I, I think there were maybe uh, one local guy or two or three guys that were doing it a, a little bit, but yes. nothing. Nobody was famous nobody was famous you know nobody the, was the famous. most famous comedian i knew that was close to to me was eddie murphy out of new york City. absolutely so eddie murphy was like oh man somebody that looked like us yes came from similar backgrounds eddie murphy showed us that you can be a comedian yes absolutely now well, how did you get your start i got my start believe it or not man it, it, i've always turned the negative into a positive okay and um, coming out of Jersey City, I remember I was, I, was, I was in Northridge. I was getting my master's degree. And but I was still hustling. I remember um, getting in the car in one of my cars and driving on Sunset Boulevard. And right. There used to be a club back in the day called Carlos and Charlie's. This is yes. where everybody oh, hung I out. I remember Carlos and, and it Charlie's. was super private, but the elite of superstars was in there. Yeah. And I felt like I belonged. So I pulled in there, no, no, no invitation, nothing. I pulled in, right. and I ran into Keenan Ivy Wayans. No way. Keenan Ivy Wayans brought me in. I met everybody. Then I started hanging out with Eddie. Mm -hmm. Then um, something in me, we had a little situation that happened because right. I, I wasn't doing stand-up comedy then. You was hustling. I was, I was hustling, but I think I was just going through a change, and I'm gonna explain to you this journey okay. that I've been on. So in 1982, we had this crisis. Three years later, I started doing stand-up comedy. Mm -hmm. um, and then I had to deal with all the stuff I had did in 1982, right? But when you fast forward to the day, everything I went through in my life prepared me for the kind of man I am today. Absolutely. And that was the universe taking me through my life lessons to prepare me to be who I am. Because you can't teach nobody nothing if you haven't been through nothing. So I took all the blows, okay. right? I took brick by brick. I took all the blows. And out of all the comedians, look, I'm still around. 
38 years in and the game. And still funny as hell. Still bro. rocking it. So, now here's, Selling out all around the world now. This, this is the craziest thing about your career, to me. Mm -hmm. from and, and this is from me seeing you. It's like we're we're peers. and It's like we ball players. Yes. Like, like you, I knew you was hooping. Right. And you was hot. Yes. And I know Cass was talking about you. Right. right? We talking pre-internet. Yes. So you, you was word of mouth for me. Absolutely. And I remember Cass saying, yo, this is dude named T.K. Kirkland's a prop. Mm -hmm. And when I tell you, bro, he can't, you nobody can follow this. Right. Guy. I remember hearing that. Yes. And I was like, damn, he that nice. They like, yo, he nice. Wait till you see him. Right, Wait till right. you see him. Something something came up. I end up meeting you. Crazy swag. Always been a cool cat to Yes, me. yes. You know what I mean? It looked like you might have sold dope back in the day, but I wasn't sure. Right. But I looked like it, if you didn't sell it, you knew who did. Right, like that right. Kind of yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. Always had the swag, though. Always had swag, the swag. The swag was cold. Always had a leather coat. Always had a fly leather on. Always had your, your Yankee or whatever to the side. Right, right. Always had a towel in your pocket. Yes. And ready to go to war with anybody. Absolutely. I always liked that about you, right? Here is one of the interesting things about your career that I think is interesting. So I'm I'm starting a bubble, right? Mm -hmm. It's like 89, you know, 88 going into 89. I'm graduating college and I'm I'm working but I'm kind of trying to get on. Right. Cats was already full-time comedians. Mm -hmm. I was kind of part-time. Right. Wasn't necessarily serious to that degree, right? And I remember there was a Deaf Comedy Jam um, auditions. Yes. And you murdered it. No, I never auditioned. Did you not? Let me tell you how Def Jam's Because Because I heard you made Def Jam. No, Bob and um, Tina Graham called me before anybody. You could, oh, this is a legit story. Okay, go. Bob something called me and said, TK, we about to do Def Jam. Tina called me. They're trying to convince me. Okay. But if you notice anything about my career, if everybody went left, I you went, went right. right. Yeah. I didn't want to be like everybody else. That was just something in me. Right. So Mo Funny, a special came out called Mo Funny I taped with uh, Moms Mabley, Richard Pryor, uh, Red Fox. This came out on HBO. It was the Black History Month type thing okay. in 1991. And Def Jam was getting ready to start. And I turned Def Jam down to do Mo Funny because that's the, to me, business-wise, it was a bad decision because I didn't know I could do both. Yeah. I, I just did the one. Because on paper, it looked like it would have been a better look because you're with Richard Pryor, yes, all the right people. You remember Def Jam hadn't blown up Yeah, yet. you didn't know it was going to be big. We didn't know it was going to be oh, big. Okay, I so you. I was going with this this history moment because it was going to compare me to the greats because they compared me to the, the voice of the new generation, okay. right? Now, Def Jam blows. Def Jam takes the F off. Right. And now, during this time, I'm still hustling. I'm doing all these other little things, too. You know, from NWA to uh, I'm Naughty by Nature to, to, um, um, to um, the, our boys down in Atlanta. Like, anything in hip-hop, I'm on Bro, everything. you got to understand what's crazy about you, that people are not... I'm going to give you your flowers. Yes. Because for a minute there, I thought you was about to be a rapper. Yes. Because you got to understand, in the early 90s, you was associated with everybody that was a hip hop artist. Everybody. You was doing their parties or something. Yep, what, sure was. what was going on? I see you. I saw you with Easy E and NWA one time. I seen you with Dr. Dre and, and, and yes, uh, Nelly. Uh, I mean, Nelly, everybody. Like, any, I anybody thought, was, I was a like, rapper. Yo, maybe he's slime. Yeah. I thought you got signed to a rap label. That's funny. I swear but, that's what it looked like. Because here's I wanted a co signer. <laughs> 
Okay. See, I have this philosophy. In order to truly blow, okay, you need a co-signer. Okay. And let me say to what I mean. I was telling somebody the story yesterday. I said, in the 60s, I remember when the Jackson 5 blew up. Okay. And I understood Barry Gordy's move. He knew the Jackson 5 was good, but he needed somebody to co-sign to make it official. So if you think back for a second, it said, their first album said, Diana Ross. Absolutely. Presents the Jackson 5. Uh-huh. That gave it credibility. Mm-hmm. You fast forward to hip hop. 50 Cent blew up because he had two co-signers. Dr. He had Dr. Dr. Dre and, and Eminem. Eminem. Yes, sir. That's now, facts. everybody blew in hip hop. If you got on, you blew. But 50 Cent became a mega superstar because he had two co-signers okay to make him official and plus the album was bananas it was insane insane right it was insane and eminem's album insane yes so i was doing that before 50 was born my mindset was already on that so what people don't know and we're gonna share it today me and easy e was tight i'm talking about tight so when they came up with def jam and i never told the story i'm gonna tell it today me easy e and jerry heller was gonna start ruthless comedy no way. The paperwork was done. We was getting ready to take the F off, and Easy died. When Easy E died, I got the information. I was at Lake Havasu wow. doing spring break, and I thought it was a lie. Yeah. And I, I said, was ain't in... no way. I was like, ain't no way, because I had just seen Easy not maybe two, three months right. before that in LA somewhere. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's stop line. Don't say that about Easy yeah. And they said it was true. And he was just a good dude. It was a good dude. Listen, when I first met him, it was man, the, um Shout out to this, his family yeah, and his son. I was in um I was at the concert, the LA Forum. Mm-hmm. And it was me, Bobby Brown, I'll be sure, um, Tina Marie and Keith Sweat. These are the good days, bro. You see what you just said? Yes, yes, That's yes. how we was living. That's yes. how we were moving, right? And Al Heyman um, told me about the concert. But during intermission, the um, DJ played this local rap group's music. And I saw these kids lose their mind. Like, what is going on? Right. And I'm standing next to Bobby Brown. I'm like, yo, who is that? And Bobby saw him. And Bobby said, yo, there they go right there. I walked up the stage. And I walked up to um, Easy. And I said, yo, my name is T to the MFK. Right. And he said, I'm Easy MFE. And him, <laughs> Dr. Dre Ice Cube, came to see me at the comedy store on Sunset. Easy E said, let's go. And that's when I got on the first national tour straight out of comedy. This is what I'm trying to tell you, man. Your life is a movie. <laughs> and so get this, right? Speaking of like epic moments in your career, mm-hmm. and I, I hope I'm able to get through all of them. Yes. One of the moments in your career that was sort of like a, um, a mythical story mm-hmm. in, in New York was that uh, you stole... Uh, Def Jam's credit card and, right. and and bought all these travel tickets right. and that's why you weren't on Def Comedy Jam. Yes, is yes. that a true story? It's a mix up story but it's true. Okay. And let me tell you what happened. Okay, go. Um, I was still rocking with NWA, still rocking now is not just Rufus now. Okay. Now it's Def Row. Oh. I'm in both camps. That's just what I'm saying. I, I remember these moves. Yeah, I, I'm in both camps. I'm rocking with Suge because Suge my dude. Right. I'm rocking with Easy because Easy my dude. Okay. I, I wasn't discriminating against nobody. Right. My goal was to get the check. Right. <laughs> but what was going on, comedians wasn't making that kind of money back then. Mm-hmm. And I always had a side hustle. And my hustle was credit cards. Okay. So what I would do with the comedians, because these comedians couldn't afford 
to fly to these different cities. Because by the time they got back, they would be broke because they would have spent all their money to get there. Just to get there. I had I was I was like um, Harriet Tubman. <laughs> 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 you know, I'm saving so, everybody. So, so you had TK uh, Kirkland travel. Travel. Right, right. So back in the day, <laughs> so back in the day before you could do stuff yourself. Correct. You could call the travel agencies. The lick with the credit card was you had 30 days to do whatever you wanted to do on a number. Before they check it. Before they check it. Because okay. once the people got the bill, they would say, hey, this not me. Now they start charging back the travel agencies. Okay. So what I did was I took, um, believe it or not, my man's credit card number from all jokes aside. Oh, what was his name? Raymond. Raymond. Yeah, Raymond. I took Raymond's credit card number. Okay. And I called the travel ag agency to act like I was death row. <laughs> right? I was death row booking tickets for comedians, but I was saying that I was deaf comedy jam using another name. So I had all this credibility and I had a woman because I could talk to talk. You talk to talk. I had everybody flying. I was just So you flying, you flying comedians in to do shows with you? You flying No, yourself? they wasn't doing it with me. I was sending them to their own spots. Oh, because they couldn't get around. They couldn't get around. So you actually Robin Hood. I'm Robin Hood. <laughs> so they paying me. Somebody want to say what's up to y'all. Hey, what's up? Yeah. Ah! <laughs> yo, what's up, man? What we, up, pimp? We, we are with Jamie Foxx right now. Yo, yo, you know me and LL got different, different versions. versions of what happened. Exactly. He tell his version, and I tell my shit. Bill, I ran into LL a few weeks ago. Fuck, <laughs> big fuck. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, we doing some me, him, and um, so uh, Marcus King doing something. Well, let's 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 wrap, man. You know my number the same. All right, what? Okay, fam. Right. So where was I? Oh yeah. So you you technically at this moment. Robin Hood, you trying to do relatively good really, to yeah. help comedians get around. No, that's not how I was thinking. No, I didn't really give it. I you didn't, didn't give a fuck. I was okay. getting the money. You was getting paid. It was money so for me. So you was making money. I was making money. Okay. And it backfired. So once it hit, the story got mistold. Oh. Okay. Now, when I get ready to do Def Jam, they the word you, is out. They said you stole Russell Simmons. Yeah, they said it's Russell Simmons, but it wasn't. And who was the producer of that show? It was... Stan Latham. Stan Latham. Stan Latham. Stan Latham was the block to me getting on. Because Stan Latham took it seriously. But Raymond, who understood, I apologized about the number. <laughs> I keep it real. Right, right, but right. But Raymond was a fan. Like, you a fan. Raymond, right. like, yo. Y'all was on it. The you world got part. to see you, TK. Right. This is how he was. Right. Raymond said, the world got to see you. He wrote Stan a letter saying, TK had nothing to do with it. It was my information. And Stan never let, never let it go. And that's why you didn't do it. That's us. why I never did that. Because I'm telling you, at that time, in my opinion, you were ready. And you were one of the best comedians I had seen live. Yes, yes, yes. Period. It would have been, been it on a whole other level. It would have been, been phenomenal yeah, for you been phenomenal. to make that opportunity because that opportunity meant everything to our careers. Yes, like yes. We, we didn't have any, there was no other platform that launched so many comedians yes. in the history of comedy. And that goes to show you how good T.K. Kirkland is. 
Exactly, because you because still, I didn't have that. You didn't, ha- and you still won. My thing was word of mouth. Yeah. Once you saw me, you was a fan. Oh, it's not even a question. Once bro. you saw me, you was a fan. So you had okay. So you missed one opportunity. Mm-hmm. What was the thing that fueled you to not quit? And just say, okay, because you saw guys like me, uh, Martin, uh, Chris Rock, uh, Sid, all these guys start taking off, right? right? That you that are your peers. Yes, yes. How yes. did that affect you? And then what did it? What did you do about it? The thing about it, because I had real OGs around me. Okay. And uh, one, 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 he's deceased now. Eric Von Zip, that was my man out of Harlem. Okay. And Eric Von Zip always said to me, TK, don't worry about the niggas who get the money later. Get more money than the niggas who got it earlier. That's facts. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's so not, it's, it's it's a marathon, not a sprint. Exactly. Okay. So I didn't really trip, and I knew my career was going to change with the young kids. Who, if I was in my thirties, they was eighteen, nineteen years old. I didn't know what was going to happen. I just knew something special was going to happen. Then boom, podcast, internet. Oh, These the internet was probably off. the best thing to ever happen. Best thing happened to my career. Yeah, because now there is no ceilings on who can see you. Exactly. That that that's phenomenal. And I always tell the new guys, the new generation, that the the internet is their deaf comedy jam. Yes. Yes. Like deaf comedy jam for us was like being on the internet. Yes. But but, but it was cable. Right. Do you know what I yep. mean? So that's what helped my career. The the Breakfast Club, the Drink Champs, Vlad yes. TV, Absolutely. all that stuff. Those was my Arsenio Halls. Absolutely. Those are my David Letterman shows. Mm-hmm. And, and your show now. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So now my goal this year is to do 60 podcasts around the world. Right. Because I was only rocking with Vlad. Because, and, then, and Vlad alone changed my Oh, life. Vlad is huge. Vlad is uh, huge. No matter where, London, it, Germany. It's worldwide. It's worldwide. And what's so cool, they have a lot of people on, but me and Bootsy is the two top stars. Oh, because you, you give good interviews and you're funny as hell. Exactly. So people will go, oh my, he's a comedian? Yes. Even if they don't know you. Right, because oh I'm, they God. don't know. They don't know. They, everybody might not know you're a comedian. Yep, that's so true. Because so I'm you, serious you, on there. Yeah, but you but you win new fans. It's new fans, and they come out. And, and this is another thing um, that I want to tell you that I think is really, really smart of you, mm-hmm. is that... Your confidence is your is your superpower. Yes, and you have been able to. Your confidence is has been your superpower to this day. Mm-hmm. You you're not afraid of nothing. You know you don't mind taking a chance. No, you don't mind you know uh, uh, doing a guest spot or uh, opening up for a, a, a rap concert or whatever. That's why I I love you. I love you because like I watched you just keep swinging. Like don't you could take a hit. And, and it might stun you, but you get right back up. Like, so you never true. quit, man. Right. It's amazing. And give it, give, here's another situation of that. Uh-huh. Oakland Comedy Competition. Okay. Back in the day. What year was this? This has got to be 92, 93, maybe. Okay. Um, we going at it. The best comedians Bay in the country. Area. Bay Area. Shout out to and the Bay Area me competition. and Jamie Foxx. No way. It's in the semifinals. No way. Listen to me what I'm about to tell you. I was there when his career changed. Okay. And he'll tell you the story. I, we was rocking a show, and everybody already knew how good I was. But I went out there and destroyed. I'm talking about destroyed. Best set of your life. One of the best sets One of my life. One of the life. best. Destroyed. I come off stage. I go back to Jamie Foxx and say, yo, you can't follow me. 
And he said, he said, yo, I couldn't. I couldn't follow him. But he won because I went over my time. <sighs> so they disqualified me. No. I went over my uh, time. I'm talking about standing ovation. And be, went over so what, my time. So what was the time you supposed to do? I think I went over maybe five, hour. six minutes. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think I went Teddy over five, Carpenter. six minutes. Teddy yeah, Carpenter. I think Teddy I went, usually go over at least yeah, a day or two. But, but it's a difference in the, <laughs> it's difference in the competition, right? But yeah, well, by, we have to explain to uh, people who uh, might not know the life of a comedian, t your time is important. It's Im so it's if you got important. 15, you do 15. It's, it's better for you to go under, yes. especially for uh, a guy in a competition, because there's rules. Yes. Because if you do go over and then the other person doesn't go over, that's favoritism that way. Absolutely. So like for all the people who want to learn a little bit about the comedy world, time is of importance yes. to us. And, mm -hmm. and when do I your travel... Time. I yes. normally I do a one man show. Mm -hmm. I don't have an opening act. No, I do. I knock out two hours easy, and they laugh from beginning to end. Oh, absolutely! My show is phenomenal, mm -hmm. and every now and then I put somebody on, right. and I say, "Yo, do your time." They not understand. I'm teaching them a lesson. Yeah. Sometimes they don't do their time, and I will tell my team, I tell them they fired. Oh, you got to go. You got to go. You can't come in the dressing room. If you ain't, a, you ain't no. If you ain't Bill Bellamy, you ain't on the show. You ain't, you ain't on the show. I don't want you in my dress because when we was coming, we would have never went in the dressing room with Paul Mooney. We would have never went in the dressing room with Richard you would, Pryor. You have to ask. You have to ask. Yeah, yeah. you wouldn't even go by the door. You actually, got to be welcomed in. Yes, because you're not the even. The comedians today come sit right there. Oh, with they come you. sit right next to you, and then leave the chicken wings, everything, and order food. Or get there sometimes before you. I had a situation Man, that's a horrible that was feeling. This this situation was so comical and and awful at the same time. Comics came in, promoters have done shows with you. You know how they feel like they're your boys. Yes. Come into the green room, order, run up a bill about a thousand dollars. No. Because they drinking. Right. They doing everything. I don't know that. I'm you know I'm in and out the room. I don't know they getting their own food. Right. In the green room, man, the the owner and the GM was hot. They were saying, your entourage is too big. I was like, I ain't got but three people. Right. They was like, but those three people wasn't ordering. It was your man and his man and the other people mad. I was like, oh, no. No, ain't that so something? So I had to shut it down. Yes. And that's why I, I learned move my by, lesson backwards. I move, my, I move by myself. Right. You know, I might have one guy on deck. I might have one person in the room. Yes. Just in case something pop off. And you never know. You know, I always keep my people hitting. Right. But I, that's that's how I move, and I just keep it going straight. You know. I, I want to give you. I want to give you uh, one of my favorite TK stories. Okay, good. That, that really happened to me. I was I was hosting a peppermint. This was a Thursday night. We were super sold out. Four hundred fifty people. Easy. Every comedian bombed. Every comedian that we introduced, the, like the amateur bomb, the uh, the people that was kind of good bomb, another guy who was supposed to be really solid bomb. It was just the worst night ever. So Bob is like, B, man, I don't know what's going like on. Hey, these comedians, they don't know how to connect with the audience, man. And I'm like, Bob, man, fuck all that. I'm like, yo, do we got anybody else? Because I'm running out of improv material to keep them going because they're going to start turning on me. Right. So, like a beam of light, <laughs> a beam of light came on and you walked into Peppermint and this is about when roughly the show was going to be over at midnight yes. and then you yep. remember we would turn into a party. Right. 15 minutes ago, here comes the chocolate night and I said, TK, TK, uh, 
oh my God, so have a seat. <laughs> I said, are you going to do anything tonight? Uh, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I said, why? I said, would you, what you mean? He said, you say, does Bob have my money? That's right. And I said, I run to Bob. I said, Bob, we got to have, I, I'll chip in. We got to get this dude some money. Please, please let me put TK on. I know he could turn it around, right? I will never forget this as long as I live. You do, I introduce you. Give it up for my brother TK Kirkley. You do not even address them. You come up on stage, you take your jacket off, you you turn your back to them. Right, that's right. That's my style. Your back to them, you put your coat on the on, on the mic stand. Yes. And then you turn around. So Bill told me y'all been having a problem. <laughs> so I guess you motherfuckers need somebody to come to the rescue. <laughs> now I'm going to tell you something. This ain't no jokes. This is a motherfucking seminar. That's right. And you went bam, bam. bam. I mean, I never see no shit like this in Thank my you, life. Thank you, man. You, every joke, boom, 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 boom. I'm T to the motherfucking K. And they went. They went, but bro, the whole people stood up. I'll never forget it, bro. Yeah, they it went was, insane. It was, it was something that should have been recorded because it can show you if you're the right person, you can move the crowd. Absolutely. And and, and the thing that comics don't understand is the crowd don't lie. The crowd yep, never lies. That's right. That's Ever. right. If you ain't hitting, you ain't hitting. You just you got to find the right niche <laughs> to get in it. there. Have you... um? Have you ever had a situation since that moment? I know you remember that vividly mm -hmm. where you had to kind of like find it because the first one or two joints wasn't popping. The thing about comedy, the way I look at it, it's like a boxer, right? You know like, you could beat this dude. Right. But you might be tired today. Yeah. You know, you, you might have had sex or you might have had a drink. Right. And he's whooping, he's whooping your ass. Whooping your ass. And you say, you know what? The day's not my day. I'm just going to get him on points. I'm going to get them on points. So when I perform, if it's going wrong, my points is personality. Yes. I go to personality. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you got to be a Tom Brady. Sometimes you got to see the whole room. That's right. I like that. See, you got to see the whole room. See, some comedians only see the first two rows, but a great comedian mm -hmm. sees the whole room. You see the exercise. You see the security dude. You see the people walking in. You see the people ordering the drinks. You see the person in the back walking by to your peripheral. Mm -hmm. You see another person. You see when the door opens, you see two people arguing when the door <laughs> opens, but, but the door closes. That's a great comedian. Yeah, yeah. And, and you can use all of it. Yeah, you see everything. That's the great comedian. That, that, yeah, and that takes that takes that takes years. hours, Thank hours you. of stage. And time. I use that to people when I try to explain as a metaphor. I talk about um, Joe Montana mm -hmm. in the um, conference championship in 1993. When you watch this, um, these 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 documentaries on sports, okay, they talk about Joe Montana and in the hell they was losing. I forgot the team they was playing. They was losing, and this show, this showed me how great Joe Montana was. He said to the huddle, and his other, he said, hey, guys, he's losing. They're going down the field. He said, did you see John Candy in the stands? He was playing ball. And he saw John Candy in the stands. And he told that because John Candy at the time was big. Huge. He was big. And told the team, how he, just take the pressure off of him. Like, this is easy. We're going to win. Right. John Candy up there, yo. 
And that's my point of being a great comedian. You have to be on every level for the moment. And that's how you win. And that's how come um, consistency from business to stand-up is my DNA. Absolutely. See, being some people consistent. blow up. Mm -hmm. Some people fall off. Straight, straight, straight through. Seven, eight Man, years. you, you, you at, you at, you, you, you driving your car about seventy eight on the highway. You ain't breaking speed. You yes. just keep moving. That's my career. That's your career. That's my career. Do you feel like um, the council culture or just the sensitivities of present day is is constraining to your stand up at all? Because I know you. I've seen your shows. You say what you feel. Yeah, I. I the you, great thing it, about me is everything I do, I own. Okay. See, I, I do you want to do Netflix? Yeah, you want to do Netflix. Do you want to do HBO? Yes. Do you want to do all this? And yes. But I created my own network because mm -hmm. you know everybody know from the '90s, TK always been his own man. Absolutely. So I started my own network called TK Network. Mm -hmm. I dropped. Um, Are there any questions? I dropped. Who raised you? Mm -hmm. And I dropped. Um, um, T to the MFK right. on the TK dot network. Make sure you get that today when you see this right. and use code TK. You get 50% off. Right. But I'm what you call a low key millionaire. Okay. Because I don't, I don't wear my wealth. You know, I came from the street, so one thing I was taught is stay low key and flex occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> occasionally, occasionally, yeah. stay you low know? key. With stay it. low key. You ain't, you don't have to flaunt everything. Yeah, because when I see people buying the big houses, right. you know, I got a beautiful spot, right? Right, right, right. right. But David Klingman, remember David Klingman? They used to roll with me the Absolutely. white man. David always told me years ago. He said, "TK, no matter how big your house is." The matches are still the same. <laughs> the matches are still the same size. It's, is it not? Same size. It's the same. So who cares? Who cares? And as we get older, we understand nobody cares, dog. Yeah, nobody cares. We got all these clothes in our house. Yeah. And it irritates us because we got to figure out, well, got to match this. Did I wear this before? And it becomes irritating to the point, you see, I rock a motherfucking tea in a minute and get and be gone and gone because nobody cares as long as you're funny because i used to dress like you back in the day remember yeah, yeah yeah yeah. i used to wear the suits and the linen yes sir and i realized that one day i did a um a wedding and bought my suit and everything i got sick i got pink eye i laid my clothes down on the bed do you know i forgot to bring the pants <laughs> <laughs> so i'm you getting got the dressed top, the shirt no pies. No pies. Guess I went on stage with pajamas on and slippers. No, you didn't. I swear to God. And it taught me a lesson. They thought one, they thought it was part of my act. Right. <laughs> right? They thought, oh, you funny. You funny he came out pajamas. Came out pajamas. But I was hilarious. Yeah. I had pink on, I still pulled a bad bitch. Well, I mean, I mean, that's to be you know, My point is that it, it doesn't matter what you got on. Right. I'm saying, like, I, I expect that of you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I mean, you know, I, I expect you to have pink eyes, still make it work. Yes. Thank you. You're See, like, but everybody know. <laughs> See, when when it comes to women, I tell people if you marry and you dated the girl I went out with, you got married because I taught her the tricks that she know that got you. <laughs> I would tell you, I would tell you one of my favorite jokes that you said. There's, I have about ten of them, but one yes. of my favorite jokes you said. Uh, <laughs> You said, I hate when girls ask me silly questions. That's so the true. The other day, I'm, 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 I go see my little side piece, right? She said, TK, why can't I travel? 
You said, sweetheart, you got to understand. Your pussy ain't built up enough frequent five miles for you Ooh, to leave. I forgot you about that, that joke. Your pussy ain't built up enough frequent five That's miles so for you to true. get up in That's the air. Right. You're local. That's right. I said, you are local. Oh that is so true. Wow. God. That Do you not so, remember that joke? I remember it now. But what I love. Because I'm like, what would make you say that to somebody? It's so funny. What I love about you guys, especially you, Bill. You, <laughs> and Cat Williams said it best. He said that you're a great comedian if you have memorable jokes. Yeah, yeah, you do. And I got a catalog. Bro, bro, I came up with you. I used to see you. I say, and when he hit this one, this is how much I know you. Right. When he hit him with this one, it's over. Right. It ain't nobody else. I, I would tell Cat, yo, you can't follow this cat after. If he go to this one, yes. it's a wrap. It's just, a wrap. Just go to the bar and right. get you something to drink. Yep, yep. It, it, the closeout is mean. Yeah, the closeout is cold. <laughs> Close out is cold. The thing, the thing that I, uh, I, w- I would like to uh, kind of, if I were able to describe you, it's almost like you a player comedian, a player's comedian with extreme s- swag, and, 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 and but completely like don't care. Yeah. I think you hit it on the nail. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you don't care. Like, you're not trying to be fly. You are fly, and you are cool. Yes. So it just comes across like, yo, you almost remind me of um, if 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 uh, Sugar Bear was a comedian. Right, yeah. Remember Sugar Bear? Yeah, I sure do. Give a little bit of Right, Sugar right, Bear. right. Because Sugar Bear was just a cool motherfucker. It was cool, I dude. I always wanted to get me some uh, Super Crisp. Yes, you yes, yes. You know what I'm yes. saying? Because Super Crisp was cool. Mm-hmm. And so with you... And your swag and your attitude, I'm happy for you. Like I'm, I'm really glad that you're able to come on top, Bill, and 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 be honest. Yes. And you know, you you've you've learned from your mistakes. Yes. You, uh, and that's the great thing, Bill. Yeah. To be, I'm 62 years old. Okay. You know, to get here still healthy, but what I preach in my stand up now is, um, I talk about the game of life, mm-hmm. but I put people up on how to make money how there's certain things in front of you that can change your life. To the point now I'm teaching people about health. I teach people about how you got to go to the doctor, know your numbers, know your cholesterol. And I put them up on this thing called lifeline screening. I want people to to Google this when you can. See, when you go to the doctor, they ask you what's wrong with you. Right. And they give you prescriptions whatever. You go to lifeline screening. I want you to start going too. Mm -hmm. It's like taking your car and they hook you up to a machine. Mm -hmm. They put stuff all on you. They know if you have an aneurysm coming, okay. if you could have a stroke. Right. And what people think when you get an aneurysm is always in your brain. But what people don't know, Tommy from Martin died of an aneurysm in his stomach. So these machines tell you. Could be the precursor for you. It, it'll change your life. And I put so many people up on it. And that's what. Where do you go to, uh, to you get You Google this? it and then you can find out because it's not in the hospitals. They, they, they have teams that come through the country and around the world. And it's only $150. But it'll change your, your life. life. It'll, keep, it'll keep you on this earth right. a lot longer. <laughs> and, that's what, and I want everybody to Google Lifeline Screen because now what I want comedians to start pushing is health. Yeah, man, because I, uh, I know you know, like, we've lost a lot of comedians. Yes. And most cases, it's health. It's health. It's health. You know, we travel a lot. 
Um, we're up at night. Yes. Um, a lot of cats don't eat right, That's you know, so true. and you don't exercise, right. and then you're drinking, and mm-hmm. you're going to bed at odd times, and some people are, you know, doing drugs or whatever they do, and they're just not healthy. And that's what I take very seriously. If you know anything about me, I'm di- I'm disciplined. Yeah. I'm disciplined. I've never seen you twisted. Disciplined. If I'm supposed to be somewhere, I'm going to be there. I'm not hanging out. People always say, TK, let's go party. I'm like, I'm going. You better take your ass to bed. I'm going to bed. Right, right, right. You know, I used to have women come to the room. Don't do that no more. Right. I'm just strictly um, raising the kids, doing my thing. And I'm one of the most happiest men on the planet. Now, this is the thing that we never talk about, you mm-hmm. being a father. Yes. And I saw you, the smile of happiness yes. with your daughter. Yes. And as a dad, I know that feeling. Right. Um you have seven kids. Seven kids. And is it is it now um obviously you work and do what you need to do, mm-hmm. but now watching your kids get older and um making time for them, how do you balance it all? It's hard. Mm-hmm. And if I had to do it all again, I'd have a vasectomy. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank y'all, man. Yeah, I had you would have had a vasectomy, or, or, or I wish my pullout game was, was better. better. Yeah. yeah, because you know, it's amazing. I, three of my kids was one night stands. Oh, you, oh, you in there? Yeah, one night stands. You remind and, me of Sean Kim. Wherever he lost a game, he had a baby. And the p <laughs> and and the coochie was so good. It was splendid that I wanted to pull out so bad, but it was so good. I started looking around to see where I was gonna put the baby crib. <laughs> <laughs> when I tell you that's some good stuff, when you look around the room and see where the baby where, where crib the baby gonna go, because you're, baby... you're not pulling out of here. Yeah, I'm not pulling out. <laughs> where the baby crib gonna go? Oh my! So now at my age, okay. when I meet women, mm-hmm. they think I want sex. Okay, but I just want companionship and snuggle. Oh, you're a snuggler I'm a now. Snuggler now. Oh man, you spooning chicks. No, ain't nothing like snuggling. Like, like last night, I'm at the Ritz Carlton. I was holding this girl real tight, <laughs> and she said, "TK, you're really strong, right? You know, you've been working out because I can't breathe." <laughs> you know? And I'm like, "Yeah, bitch, I heard you steal." <laughs> you can't let this bitch move around your butt. Yeah, because every time I got up. Oh, woke up. She Something was in my drawers. I said, what are, you, what are you doing with my drawers? She said, I thought, I thought I left my keys. Bitch, we valet. <laughs> she, said, she said, I thought I left. Bitch, we valet. Ain't no keys. Ain't no keys. We what you doing? That's Why you in my shit? Exactly. You, you can't, so you so now you snuggle on purpose. I snuggle. I like I, I snuggle. And you know you, and you know me. I, I, I've always been a, a a superhero. You know I talk about we don't have enough superheroes like we're used to. Right. Because they got rid of the payphones. Mm-hmm. You know. See, we had Superman back in the day. Mm-hmm. You know. And I was a superhero. I was Captain Save a Ho. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I wanted to find women that were struggling. You and know. Bring what them saying? up. Yeah. Bring them up. You if your rent was crazy, I wanted to pay your rent. I'll buy your car. If I met you, your watch game was called upgrade your watch game you know and um that was my thing and my house was called rest haven for hoes you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> was it like a retreat where they it was go a retreat to, yeah where they go to get, get, you have all your snacks 
<laughs> you know, you got all your snacks, you got your tampons, everything. you got everything that a woman needs. You ain't even got to leave the house. You once they get there, they, they yeah, you you know. And I was like, oh Kelly, uh, Kelly helped you cap, held you captive. Right. You can go out in the yard. You can do whatever. Play you with want. the dog. Come back. Yeah. Go swimming if you want to. Right. You know. <laughs> Yeah. Just clean up. It's after a yourself. treatment center. Yeah, full of treats. Yeah, just clean up after yourself. That's so now, I mean. now when you when you think about the women that you've had in your life, mm-hmm. right? Is it is it one that got away that you may have? Nope, you know, I'm glad they all got away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad all them bitches left. <laughs> I'm happy to the motherfucker, yo. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. No, no, I'm no, glad they're they gone. I'm glad they gone. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm serious. Let me look at the camera. I'm serious, bitch. <laughs> well, they, well, I can imagine a lot of times they're too clingy to you. No, they're not clingy. I, I never let nobody get too clingy. It's uh-uh. just that some women are petty okay. and some women talk too much. Right. I think all women should have 5,000 words a day. And they say it mostly for 10 o'clock. So now the rest of the day, bitch, I'm annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, bitch, you ran out of I'm words. I'm a loner. I'm you a loner. Ran out of, you ran out of words. You, yeah. You, you done for the day. You capped I'm, out. I'm, I'm definitely a loner. That's who I am. Why? I love being I love Because you, you got your freedom. Yeah, I got my freedom. You, you, you know? stuck in your ways. You're 62. Let me you tell you what some fly shit, shit right I did now. yesterday, and I always do it. What'd you do? I always watch the sunset in Santa Monica. Okay. If I, if I smoke a cigar, and I'm sitting there chilling. I watch the sunset. It's, I get there like 5, 10. That's dope. And I, I watch it for 15 minutes, and boom, I hop in the whip, and I'm out. And watch the sky turn pink and yes, it's set. That's and some of the, it's it's simple, and it's simple. It's simple. Smoking a cigar. And you good. Good. It's a homeless guy always there when I come. I always give him $50. <laughs> <laughs> he be waiting. Yeah, man. always, always, always he, give fifty dollars. Do that call, all the time. Call you that is Kirkland. one of the best sunset feelings Kirkland. in the world to watch that sunset go down. So now you, you, you're in your, you're in your. I want to believe you're in your prime. Right, I am in my prime. I feel like you're in your prime. You, you're, in, you, you have a stride going on right now. What are some of the things that you want to accomplish now? that maybe you didn't accomplish before, but now you just want to put it, add it to your portfolio. Here's my thing, I want to do Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. I want to do Joe Rogan. Um, it's not too many things left. What, what my life is right now, I'm hovering mm-hmm. until the universe decides what it wants me to do. Okay. So I'm not making no crazy choices. I'm not- let the energy take you. Yeah, I let the energy take me. Mm-hmm. I'm not forcing myself to go anywhere. So in the meantime, I'm staying healthy. In the meantime, I'm reading a lot. In the meantime, I'm obtaining knowledge mm-hmm. because that, that's the key for me. I love knowledge. So, I, and I take what I learn and I give it to my audience and I put them up on game. And that's the thing I am now because what I realized in my life, I was here to help people. Yes. See, people don't know their, their gift or what, they, what their purpose is. My purpose is to help people. And that's what I've done my whole career. Bro, but you got to understand, and I, this dawned on me in the most um, realistic way during COVID. We take our jobs, you know, over these years. Y'all, you forget, you know, that, that comedy is medicine. Yes, it is. And so when we couldn't do stand-up anywhere, you know, I was sitting in my car telling these stories. So I, that was like my way of being able to, you know, maybe do a show or do a joke. I was telling Hollywood stories, yes. right? 
And um, then I was like, man, actually, we, we're blessed to do this, man. Yes, we really are. And a lot of people don't know, as I think you might know. See, when I was coming up, nobody in my family lived past 58. Really? So my father had died when I was, um, he was 35. My oldest brother died when he was 35. My mom died in her 50s. My youngest brother died at 42. My whole family was gone. And when I think back to this day, I think stand-up is just, just gave me that, that amazing power to go into the world to be that much more incredible because um, I never took the time to stop to feel sorry. I never took the time to stop to um, feel sorry for myself. Correct. My thing was that everything I went through, I didn't know what, how it was going to better me in my life today. But I appreciate, even down to my dreams, like I still have crazy dreams and I wake up early because my dreams remind me of how my life could have been. And I wake up, I'm like, yo, that, I'm glad that was a dream. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've been through some shit. Yeah, like I remember, I remember one of my dreams, I killed Snoop Dogg, yo. Now watch, now Snoop Dogg did something wrong to me in right. the dream. Right. And I had to kill him. But I said, nobody's going to care what he did to me. They're going to like, yo, that's Snoop. Right. It's been times I had fights in my dreams. I'm like, man, I ain't going back to sleep. I ain't fighting them niggas. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I already fought them. Yeah, I said, I ain't going back to sleep. I'm sick of this. I'm, I ain't fighting them niggas today. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't fighting oh them. God. No, I ain't fighting them. So oh my, my dreams God. remind me of how my life could, could have, have been. been. That's deep, man. That's deep, right? That's deep, And one, I'm going to share the story with people. I had a woman that lied to me one time about some cancer she had. She was on, she, she died of cancer, and I thought I was this big guy who was going to break the news to her children. And I told the kids, and they started laughing at me. Right. And they was like, yo, T, I'm sorry. My mom is a habitual liar. So I, was, I felt so betrayed. And other things happened. I felt so betrayed. I really wanted to hurt her. And I had a a vision of me in prison. I came in with my outfit on, my sheets and my pillow. And when I walked in, I was already in jail. I was looking out the window. And I turned around, I said, yo, why are you in here? And I said, cause a bitch lied to me. And I turned back around, looked out the window. And I turned back around, looked at myself and I said, you gave up your life? Cause a bitch lied to you? I said, nigga, people get lied to. Yeah, it happens. And my point that I'm trying to share with the world don't let words hurt you. Don't let words take you off your square mm -hmm. to mess up your life. Oh, and it can happen it can, in an instant. Like, yeah, and it happens to a lot of people. A lot it's of people. Words. It's just people don't ever think about words. It's just words. It's your interpretation yes. of that bothers you. Yes, it's your ego. It's your ego. You Where can. you at? Yeah. Are you with your girl? With you? With your yes. boys? Are you in the middle of a basketball right. game? Or you at a dice game? You ruin you your be, life. It could just be the elements of it. Yes. And you, but you have to take a beat. You got to take a beat, and that's what I wanted to share that story. And I hope someone can really feel what I was talking about because, like you said, a split second, a split second, your over. life can change forever. Forever. Or it can change for the better. 
Or it could change for the better. For, forever. Yes. Like, uh, I will I will think of my life. Like, the one thing that I remember is just saying, man, I'm glad I did that, was the night that um, Tracy Jordan saw me. I, I was I was in Jersey, mm-hmm. and I had uh, got invited to the Boston Comedy Club for a showcase. Okay. Barry Katz had called me up, and he was yeah, like, what happened? Is Barry Katz still around? Yeah. Okay, okay. So, so he called me up. And uh, he said, man, you should come over to the city tonight and just, you know, there's some people here, man. Mm-hmm. That changed my life. Just wow. I could have said, no, nah, I don't want to. I don't know. And I drove from Jersey to the village, mm-hmm. did Boston Comedy Club. Next thing you know, I was an MTV VJ. That's awesome. That's yeah, because I remember when you got that. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when you got yeah, it. I was, I, was, I was fresh out of... The peppermint lounge. But you had, <laughs> but you had the look. You had the thing, mm-hmm. and that's how I come out. Lately, I've been telling people, hip hop's first comedian yeah. is T.K. Kirkland, mm-hmm. and the thing that I um, want people to know go deeper. See, most comedians have agents and managers. What they need to know is how, for thirty-eight years, I've managed myself. Wow, you ain't had to cut that money with nobody. I managed myself, dog, and I get the bag. <laughs> Listen, a lot of comedians ain't getting 95% of the door. Yeah, yeah. T.K. Kirk can get 95% of the door. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, I don't even play. Like, I don't play. And I stay low-key. I don't have to prove nothing. Like I said, stay low-key, flex occasion. I'm on your show. Right. I'm flexing. You're flexing right now. Let us, let, yeah, but I'm you flexing. can do that. Yeah, I'm flexing. You, you deserve to have yeah. that I'm 62. Moment. I've been quiet a long time. for a long time. time. Now you can let cats know what it's like to be a vet. And, and tried and true, resilient, and still got, got, still and got. And selling out around the world at 62. Come on, man. Like, I sold out London, Germany, not a damn, Birmingham. That's sold out. That's dope. That's, yo, it's amazing. I was tired as hell. <laughs> yo, I go places now, I need two days. Yeah, you can't just go there and come right back. No, yeah, I got to rest. You ain't going to not a damn for an hour. Yeah. I got to rest, Yeah, yo. yeah, yeah. You got to sit Some, down. Maybe three days. Yeah, because that, that's 18 hours. Yeah, people don't understand. Like, they see us when we get there. They, they don't know, know what, what it takes. Ooh. Yeah, that's hot. Traveling, yeah. when you get there. Traveling the world is only nice when you're discussing it on the phone. And people are like, oh, you went to London? Mm-hmm. Oh, you went to Paris? You, it sounds good on the phone. They don't know what you went through. About customs, customs, how long the line was, Delays. or if the flight got delayed, yeah. or you missed the flight, or they canceled all the flights. Oh, and now it. your mind got to go 100 miles an hour to figure things out. The hardest thing for me on those, um, on those long, long flights is getting on that time because you start getting sleepy in weird spots. So, yeah. So what I always do, I go a day early. Go a day early so that... Yeah, yeah. just in case anything happens. I never... Sometimes I have to perform the same time I get off the plane. Okay. And I hate that feeling. I feel yeah, like I'm in quicksand. Yeah, yeah. You have a little bit of anxiety. Yeah. It's you don't, a weird you don't feeling. really get to rest. You get off the plane, you got to go to the hotel real quick. Yeah. And you're on stage. Yeah, that's a hard. Oh, like, I don't like that feeling. Yeah. But get me in there a day early. I can rest and enjoy myself. And then be. I'm good. I'm yeah. good. I'm in love with the guys at Uptown Comedy um, Corner in Atlanta. Yeah. And I've been trying to get more um, black comedians who are famous to go through there, but they don't understand what the black comedy club meant to people like you and me. We wouldn't be nothing without it. And I want them to understand, we have made the white man rich in the improv, because they wasn't getting the kind of money they're getting 
now yeah. when they just had white comics. Yeah. When blacks came through, they became multi-millionaires. Absolutely. And we have to do that for our own people. We have to go to Uptown once or twice a year. Every comic should try to get booked at Uptown so and that we can Angelo have, and them. support them yeah. so that they can keep the next generation of stand-up comedians working. And have Be a place for them to, to, to work on their act, a place... For for them to nurture themselves. Thank you, sir. You know sir. what I'm saying? Because everybody don't get to do the main rooms. They don't. You know what I mean? Don't. Remember, we were, it was a time, not that they was racist, but we couldn't do the comedy store. Yeah. We couldn't do the improvs. Yeah, only only like on one day out the week. Maybe one day out the week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it. And that's why I want every comic. See, because you have the um, Carlos Millers, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't see... No great comedians after them. Well, hopefully we got another class of comics that's on the rise. That's what I'm saying. I don't see it. Yeah, but hopefully they... they, they that's why we need that room. We need rooms like that all over the country where they can... Like, shout out to my boy Nate Jackson. He got a nice room up in... Um, yeah, I got to call him. I want to do that yeah, area. I'll give him a call. It's really dope. Yeah, it's okay. Super Funny Comedy Club. Yes. Nate Jackson. I love you, bro. Yeah, shout he, out to Nate. Yeah, yeah, Nate, Nate, Nate's doing his thing. Yeah, because I saw you. I saw you. I saw you. Yeah, because I always support you. Yeah. See, and that's what I want to get comedians to do too. When I see you guys, I put y'all in my stories. Yeah. I promote you. Me too. I promote you. I want you. I want everybody to go How, see it's this free. person. It's free. It's free. And that's the love we have to do with all the comedians. It's a fraternity. It's a fraternity, yeah, fam. And all the comics that's out here that's listening to the podcast and wondering, you know, how to get on top billing, man, follow us, you know, tap into us, because this is what this podcast is for. Yes. For comedians, actors, athletes, influencers, people to tell your story, inspire our fans. When you go to a comedy show, yes. please, ladies and gentlemen, pull your phones out and follow every comedian, because when we was growing up, we didn't understand how important that is. We right? didn't have it. We didn't care. Even when we really found out, we still didn't really care. Right. But it means something. Yeah. Start following the comedians y'all see. Go, but right now, follow TK underscore Kirkland. I have who raised you um, in my um, story um, profile because I have impersonates because I don't have the blue check. Right. You know, we're gonna get you that check. Okay, if you can help me out, I appreciate I, it. Yeah, we yeah. Need that. I got to get the blue check. And other than that, ladies and gentlemen, um, Jersey's own. Listen to me. We came up in New Jersey for us to be on Hollywood Boulevard. Boulevard. Man, it's crazy. Do you understand? The Walk of Fame is right there. Right. We on Hollywood <laughs> Boulevard. Stuff we used to see on TV. I say it all the time. Yo, we on Hollywood Boulevard. In Hollywood, California. This is to be pushing the finest rides. Whip. We up. got the we got the whips. <laughs> We got the whips, you understand? We pull up here, we turning heads. We turning heads. We turning heads. We got the whips, baby. Hey, I got one for you. Before you get out of here, yes. real quick, uh, this is a favorite part of my show. It's called All Facts. We ask, our, you know, we ask a couple questions to our guests, and All Facts. All you have to do is tell me the truth. Okay. So I, I Sounds good. All Sounds right, good. Ready? Three, two, one. All right. This is All Facts. T.K. Kirkland. You get to be on the show with three of your favorite comedians. Mm. Who would they be and why? Wow. Definitely I have to go with J.B. Smooth. Oh, love J.B. Man, oh, after 20 disturbing. minutes, he's horrible. Right. But the first 20 <laughs> minutes of J.B. Smooth <laughs> is one of the most hilarious 20 minutes of your life. Of your life. Okay. Second is Chris Tucker. Ah! Chris Tucker. I was with Chris um, New Year's Eve. He came to me. I, now, last time I saw Chris, before he really blew up, right. we was on Sunset. 
right when um, um, Dead Presence was coming out. Right. We on Sunset Boulevard laying on my whip. It's Chris Tuck and Faze on Love. Oh, I'll never forget. I know where you, those days, yes. Yeah, and Chris is like, TK, they talk, TK, man, nobody's funny to you. You need a, you need a move. I'm going to make sure we, you blow up. And I told Chris, I said, I ain't seen you in 24 years. He blew up and left me at Faze on. He laughed so hard, yo. It was insane. And the next person I would say that was my, my favorite comedian, yo, and they don't give this man a lot of props. Okay. Flip Wilson. Oh yeah! Flip listen, Wilson. they Flip got listen Wilson to me, was brother. Insane, insane, and insane. he was from Jersey City. Yeah, I didn't know that. Flip Wilson's from Jersey City, dog. Oh, I should know that. Yes, and I and I want to show him more love in this journey because Flip he don't Wilson, get the he props. He was incredible, bro. yo. He was insane. He was, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's good. Oh wow, that's a good all facts. All right, all facts. If you were able to go back. And return any item or anything you've ever <laughs> stolen. What would it be? <laughs> Good night. <laughs> oh shit! I knew that was gonna close up. Oh shit! Oh, perfect. That's perfect. Keep it leaving like that. Good night. All right. <laughs> All right, everybody, That's, that concludes this episode of Top Villain. I got the opportunity to laugh, learn, and be inspired by my special guest, TK Kirkland. Man, what a blast to have you come through, kick it with me. Man, we, you got to come back. I want to I put you on a platinum team. You can, can drop by anytime you want. Oh, uh, thank you, my Please, man. Please, you got to be on and platinum see, and team. And I know how to do that, too. Yeah. You come by once Just a year. Just pop in No, you come by once laugh. a year when it means something. Yeah. See, I go back with the, when Prince and Michael Jackson was alive, right? Yeah. You, you, remember, when, you remember when Eddie would pop on with Arsenio? Or yes. Mike would come through. This is what I want with you and with my comedians that yes. you know that 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 really are my boys. That's like got something funny to say, or they just gonna come in here and act up. Yes, I I, I love you, Bill. As it's, it's, and I gotta give one more love to you. What's that? A <laughs> lot of comedians when they know that person's funny, yes, don't put you on if you're in the room. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. Me and this young man was in Seattle. I he was fly. I was just in a big ass t-shirt, chill. <laughs> but he loved me so much. Bill said, T. You got to go on. You got your sneakers on. You got to yeah. play ball. He what said, we doing? You got, and listen, no matter where we are in the world. Yes, sir. He tells me to go on. Most comedians won't do that because they understand the story. And one crazy story, and I'm going to share this. Me and Cat Williams did St. Louis. Okay. Cat Williams the headliner. But Cat motherfucking know how good I am. Your problem. He understand. I don't care what. You, you will vouch for me. Jamie Foxx vouched for me. Yeah. If y'all had to put a team together, who can go up against T.K. Kirkland? It's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. <laughs> In the dressing room, Kat says, the, oh, the promoter comes to me and says, T, Kat says, you, you got to close the show. He, now, he can hear me. I said, nah, that nigga the headliner. He closing the show. Because I know what the fuck I'm about, about to, to do. do. <laughs> nigga, I go out that motherfucker, boom, 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 boom. boom, boom. boom. They lose it. Right. Kat comes on. Less than five minutes, he throws his coat in the audience and give people a hundred dollars each, like maybe five, and walked off the stage and left. No way. True motherfucker I, story. Ladies and gentlemen, you've seen the show. It's over. It's over. And to, and and to, for anybody who's gonna take that and flip it and run it back to cat too, I don't I know you'll do. I really don't give a fuck. 
Y'all know how I am. It's right. a true story. And if you got a problem, see me when you see me. And we can discuss it like gentlemen. You know how to do it? <laughs> Top billing, baby. We out. <laughs>